the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Choices produce consequences. That will be the takeaway the rest of this week as we turn our attention to Genesis chapter 19, verses 1 through 17. Mercy is knocking. Join us, Way of Grace, coming up next. Hi there. Welcome to today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Today we continue our series, Arise, Move, and Go. And we'll turn our attention to Genesis 19, verses 1 through 17, as we look at the life of Lot in a message called Mercy is Knocking, Part 1. There's some choice-making by Lot. doesn't necessarily get him where he should be or where he wants to be. But those choices are there nonetheless. And as we continue throughout the rest of this week, we'll also see that there is wrath that is coming from God, but wonderful mercy for sinners. It's all straight ahead. Join us. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. There is quite a bit in this account that Jude calls an example, a tupas, a pattern, a model. That's what Jude calls it. The whole event here is a model. What a model is, is an opportunity to look at something on the outside of you that speaks to something that's around you or in you. We call it a paradigm, a paradigm. That's what a lot of our scriptures are about. They're paradigms. They are historical events with eternal truths to be derived from them. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the word of God. No less is this account before us. We are in the middle of a story that did not begin with Lot. The account in Genesis 13 through 19 is what we might call a parenthetical. There he goes again with big words. It's a parenthetical. And a parenthetical is kind of a pause from a previous line of thought with an insertion of an idea that can really stand on its own if you separated it from the previous line of thought. You continue with that previous line of thought and that line of thought is not broken. Does that make some sense? So what we have here is a parenthetical of an individual for whom the matters that are before him didn't start with him. And by the way, you and I are parentheticals as well. Nothing started with you and nothing starts with us certainly in the matters of salvation. Salvation has been going on from the beginning of time and you and I have been swept up in the river flow of it. You've heard me use that terminology years ago. You and I just got caught on the banks and something more powerful than us swept us into that river and we're riding down that river as a parenthetical story. A parenthetical story. That's what we are because this is really about God and his redemptive plan in Christ for sinners. 
But what Lot is going to serve for you and me is a kind of alternative view of a privilege granted, which is not properly understood. An alternative view of a privileged granted that is not properly understood. You see, our friend Lot is really riding on the waves of the blessings of another man. He's riding on the waves of the blessings of another man. There are a lot of lessons to learn with that one as well. What Lot is doing is experiencing the call, not of himself, but of Abraham. That started back in Genesis 12. And the call of Abraham in some surreptitious way, some, some, some what we would call a redemptively mysterious way, includes Lot in its uh, in its call. And, and so we've got to learn a little bit of something about Lot. And we're gonna, it's going to take a couple weeks because Lot becomes a model for us about how society will go wrong. It will go wrong when it fails to give glory to the God that blessed it. That's what Lot is going to teach us today, how a society will go wrong when it fails to give God the glory for what it has. Lot is an account that goes into the New Testament as you and I know it. And it really describes a believer who ends up in a horrific mess. Now I know none of y'all know nothing about that kind of scenario. So this is completely new and foreign to you. Put up with me for an hour. How a believer really gets in trouble when they make wrong choices. That's what's in front of us. That's the essence of what we're dealing with when it comes to the opportunity to actually seize an event in a way in which it could actually immensely advance your blessing. But because of wrong choice making, your blessings are diminished. Again, most of y'all don't know what that's like. The title of our message today, Arise, Move and Go. Lot, mercy is knocking at your door, boy. Mercy's knocking at your door. In fact, mercy's been knocking at your door a lot for a long time. You keep making the wrong decision, Lot. That's the title of our message today. So really, Genesis 19 verses 1 through 17 will be the opening kind of centering in on this brother Lot. And then we'll pick up next week and really get into the details because the historical context is much more prophetic of what's going on today. I'll touch on some of that as we go. Proposition number one, wrong choice making by Lot. What do I mean by that? This 19th chapter cannot be understood without the 13th chapter. So we go back to the 13th chapter and we understand in the 13th chapter, we're going to be starting at the 10th verse, but I'm going to run you up to it. Lot's been called out with his uncle Abraham, who was Abraham at that time. And Lot and Abraham are making their way to the promised land. In fact, they've made it to the promised land. They've made it to the promised land. They haven't settled yet, but they've made it to the promised land. For those of you who don't know, that's about an 800-mile journey from the south because Abraham is coming from Ur of the Chaldees, from Babylon. 
He makes two major stops and this particular stop that he's at right now is a stop that's forced upon him because as he's making his excursion from Ur of the Chaldees into the promised land, God is actually blessing Abraham even more abundantly because Abraham has stock, cattle, herds, in addition to it, much silver and gold. And therefore, Abraham's entourage is huge. And what that means, because you are walking from Ur of Chaldee, you have to be strategic as to how to provide for and care for your goods. We could imagine coming from Ur of the Chaldees, fundamentally walking, that they would have had to have a route where there was water and where there was uh, plenty of foliage for their animals to eat. There would have had to be towns where Lot could have, uh, Abraham could have negotiated with people about provisions for him, his family, his goods. Look at this in a more contemporary way. When God is calling you into its purpose, he will give you resources in order to get that purpose done. And when you walk with him properly in that purpose, he will expand your resources in order to get the job done. Most important is making sure that when God calls you, that you take the journey according to God's will. He will always supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ. Now, you Y'all shout about all that. What I'm saying to you is be careful because the goal is really not about the journey nor the process. The goal is about the destiny. And this is what we're getting ready to learn. The parenthetical is going to teach you that a man on the one hand understood this is about destiny. And then somebody else is saying, man, this is about process. One man is clear on the destiny being the promises of God that he would be heir of the world. Another man is saying, man, look how much money we making on this journey. Look how much money we're making on this journey. Because the scriptures are clear that Lot was being abundantly blessed right along with Abraham. Let's take a little bit of a look at it. Genesis 13 uh, verse 10. Genesis 13 10. And the way that the author would have us to understand this is over in verse uh, one through uh, three. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot what with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle, silver and in gold. And he went on his journey from the south, even to Bethel unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and uh, Ha'i, that's what we would say, Ha'i, or actually Ai. And actually, I wish I had a map because what you would see is that Abraham has been here before. He succumbed to the famine that was in the land. This was a natural famine. It's not synthetic like we're dealing with today. He, he succumbed to a famine and he went down to Egypt for a while, him and Lot, to preserve their goods. We get that. He had to preserve his animals. And he came up out of that. It was a kind of small excursion. He goes back to the place where God told him to go. And when he got there, he worshiped God. See, the thing about Abraham that you must know is that Abraham largely kept his eyes on the promise. And every time God advanced him, wherever God stopped him, he worshiped God right there. So we're at a point of worship for Abraham, but we're at a point of warfare for Lot. So here's how this works out. If you look over at verse four 
uh, it will tell us uh, verse five, just start at verse five. Verse four affirms my point of worship with Abraham. And Lot also, which once again, what? Went with Abraham. See, he's just hanging out. God didn't call Lot. Don't get me wrong. He saved. We know that. But God didn't call him. He's an addendum to a story that belongs to God and Abraham. This is way bigger than Lot. But he doesn't think so. Because he's a young, foolish man inclined to passions that we're about to get into that some of us should know. It tells us over in verse five, and Lot also, which went with Abraham, had what? Flocks and herds and tents. Now we have what is called the strife of the flesh. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together. See it? For their substance was great so that they could not dwell together. I list, I'm listening to the narrator. You're listening to him? The narrator is saying sometimes material blessing will bring conflict between brethren. I'm listening to him. Are you listening to him? Sometimes your expansion is more in your head than in your heart. Are you listening to him? And so Lot's head is swelling up. And what's happening is there ain't no room in the tent for him and, and Abraham. And Abraham's getting squeezed and, and trying to figure out how to deal with his nephew. Abraham's the big dog, not Lot. But see, this challenge goes on with you and me because you and I have to admit that we are both Abraham and Lot at the same time. And so here's how the text unpacks. Verse seven, and there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram, Abram's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle and the Canaanites and the Perizzites dwelt in the land. You guys see that? Now, Lot had no problem with the strife. See, because proud men, carnal men, fleshly men, we are taught, according to Romans 8 and James chapter 4, carnal men love conflict. It's a fleshly thing to fight. That's what the Bible says. So when you're carnal, you look for strife and contention because you're operating under the tenets of the devil. And wherever the devil is, there's confusion and strife all the time. And the Bible tells us the nature of the flesh is to be striving and fighting and demanding and wanting and taking. And so Lot's herdsmen are in this conflict. Lot's not doing anything about it. But Abraham is a bigger man than Lot and the others. Because what Abraham knew was the lost were watching. Isn't that what the text said? The Canaanites and the Perizzites were in the land. And what that means is here come some religious folk, church folk, come up into our town. And when they come up in there, they're acting a fool. See, that's why I don't go to church. You know, you hear it, right? Because church folk are horrible for being myopic. That is actually thinking the world revolves around them and that nobody's watching. The unbelievers watching you. The unbelievers, certainly when you raise your banner and talking about I'm coming in the name of the Lord Jesus. The unbelievers watching you. And I love Abraham because he's walking in what we would call social intelligence. He's very much aware of his environment. And he says, now we're going to stop this before it gets started. We're not getting ready to start the church or the Baptists and the Pentecostals Costos and, and the rest. We won't be fighting. We have a history of it in the, uh, in the church going all the way back to the patristic fathers. Do you know that the history of the church are church wars from the apostolic fathers up to this very hour? 
When you read history, we always fighting. You do not see the unity that is in Christ manifesting itself in love and wisdom and in harmony and in integration. We're always fighting. Somebody else called my attention to this note as well. There is no greater false prophet in the world than the church. The church has historically been the constant false prophet to the world. The church has constantly said things about what God is up to and what God's going to do. And God's coming in five minutes and they've been wrong every time. And so Brother Abraham is saying, nah, nah, just look, look, you go your way. I go my way. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord call all that because he was a man of peace. But more or less, here's the point that I want you to get. He was not enamored by the process. He was clear about the promise. Abraham understood the goal is destiny. The goal is not engaging in the process and seeing how much you can milk the process. The goal is the finish line. I've told you that before, right? You run a race, but you're not crowned until you finished crossing that yellow tape. And so the difference between Abraham and Lot here is that Abraham is willing to concede. Isn't that humble? He's willing to concede property, territory, land to Lot. And here's the problem. Lot helps you and me understand the uh, ignorance of, uh, of carnal thinking. Wrong choice making. Look over at verse 10. And Lot lifted up his eyes and he beheld all the plains of Jordan. Do you see it? Now, if you could visualize the map of Israel, what you would visualize is that Abraham and Lot are in the center actually moving more south toward the bottom uh, portions of Israel, but kind of in the center because they're at Ai or near Bethel, which would be near Hebron is the city of David. And they're looking east, west, north and south. And Lot looks over to the east and in the east south, that would be that would be like like kind of going to San Diego, but pushing further, further east. OK, that's how it would be. Now, the reality is, is that the territory that God was giving Abraham did not include this area into which Lot is looking because God had designated that area for destruction. But see, the door was open for choice making because Abraham said, Lot, whichever way you want to go. Now, you and I know that the preparation of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. You and I know that man will devise his way, but God will direct his steps. You know that. You and I know that there's no accidents with God. This is also why, if you're going to take notes, when you make choices and you constantly make the same kind of choices, those choices are indicators of your character and nature. When you make choices and you constantly make the same qualitatively distinct choices, the quality of your choices, they become indicators of your person. They don't have to define you permanently, but they will certainly define you in the moment. Am I making some sense? When you make choices, they will be indicators of your bent and propensity, at least at that moment. Because I've talked to you about identity is very complex thing is malleable in a lot of ways. You have a core identity and you need to obey that. But all of this flexible stuff that we call phenotypical expression has a lot to do with you exporting your identity to different communities and different groups because you're trying to get something out of it because you are um, you are in 
you are deficient in your confidence in who you are all by yourself. Am I making some sense? Well, Lot knows who he is. Lots of men that's trying to become a billionaire. That's what he is. Look at the language and see if I'm, I'm giving you some good advice. He looked up, he lifted up his eyes and behold, all the plains of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. That it was well watered everywhere. Ah, oh, I won't be dealing with a famine like we did, which sent me and Uncle Abraham down to Egypt. It was well watered everywhere. Y'all got that? That's the first thing. Secondly, it says here, not only was it well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh-oh, there's a hiccup here. There's a glitch in the contract. You're getting ready to buy some property, but what you don't know is that property is under condemnation by the city. It was a little fine print that you missed. Some little fine print that you missed because you're so gung-ho for this territory. And so it says, even as the garden of the Lord. Do you see that? Even So now what is the text doing? Taking us all the way back to the garden that pristine arena where it was flawless and the ecology was perfect. Going back to the garden, you know, the, you know about the garden, do you? No, you don't. You should. No, yes, no, no, yes, you don't. And we're not going there today, but the garden is a complex uh, historical site with a grander metaphorical picture of the perfect ecological conditions of society for man in his sinless condition, where him and God could dwell together without any kind of mediation. It was a perfect vertical relationship, a perfect horizontal relationship, a perfect domain where everything is in order because God was the one that put it there. And all he needed men to do was to till it and keep it and he would be blessed forever. That's what Lot is looking at. That's what Lot is looking at. That's what the text is teaching us. You see that? But what Lot is looking at is a strong delusion. It's a mirage. It's a superficial front. Behind that beach front is rot. Because what Lot is buying into is the domain and the territory for business purposes. He's failing to consider the politics. He's not going to a land where there are no people there. He got to now engage with the citizenry, the council, the uh, chamber of commerce, the mayors and governors and the people. So the political sociological conditions are one thing even though the geological and geographical and what we call topographical conditions are another. Am I making some sense? It's like when you're going to buy a house in another city and you're not even regarding what kind of people are in that city, you're getting ready to create a big mess for yourselves. Am I making some sense? So Lot is completely wrapped up in a problem, in my opinion. And the problem is this. Lot is actually pushing the envelope. He's coming to the parameters of the domain that God has given him. And he wants to go outside of those parameters because it looks so good. What good is it to live in a territory that looks good when it's outside of the will of God? Trying to lay a foundation down just before we go, because I told you this is a parenthetical. 
Notice what verse 11 says. Verse 11 says in Genesis 13, then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east and they separated themselves from one another. You got that? Lot was happy. Abraham was sad because Abraham was relationship oriented and Lot was wealth oriented. Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here. Grace-Bible.com is our website. Again, that's Grace-Bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street. Here in Hayward, the zip code 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.